I want a drink And here's a twenty And bring my change of dimes There's a song on the jukebox I want to hear a thousand times Oh, the old jukebox, eh? Didn't we rock and roll to jukeboxes in the old milk bars and so forth and so on? And sometimes they used to break down, I suppose, so they had to be repaired. Tonight we are going to talk to Peter Greenaway, one of the last remaining jukebox repairers in Australia. He's based in Victoria and he joins us now. Welcome to the program, Peter. Thanks, Harvey. How are you? Very well indeed, mate. You've been doing this for a year or three? Uh, Yes, this is my 60th year. (laughs) As a jukebox repairman? Yes, but I, I, I started when I was five. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, come yep. on. Actually, your dad started uh, you off, didn't he? Yes, he started um, jukeboxes in 1950 um, when you couldn't import them to Australia. He manufactured his own. Really? Yeah, and they were all 78 RPM. Gee, with that 78, I remember the 45s in jukeboxes, of course, but not... Never remember the 78s. Crikey, that is going back a while, isn't it? Uh, yep. Uh, Peter, you're living in a, a beautiful part of the world, and I know it well from uh, my youth, and that is Rosebud down on the Mornington Peninsula. Um, how are you coping with uh, the lockdown at the moment? It's actually making things extremely difficult because I <clears throat> often do a lot of house calls, um, and I was <clears throat> I get machines sent to me from all over Australia, and now transport's become an issue. Getting parts from overseas has become a long, tiring issue, so it hasn't been very pleasant. Mm. Obviously, though, there are still a number of jukeboxes that um, are circulating around Australia, and you know, I can. My perception is obviously a wrong one: is that uh, they just don't exist for the uh, major part anymore because of the fact that uh, we don't find them in uh, hotels very much uh, or, or milk bars or any places like that anymore, but they're still going around apparently. Yes, well, <clears throat> um, I sold all my operation in 2000 and I sold hundreds of jukeboxes um, and they've all, and so did other people, and they've all basically ended up in private hands. And I would think, and I've, I've been asked this a few times, there'd be, I, I reckon around about 300,000-odd jukeboxes in private homes Good God. in Australia. Is that right? Yep. Well, I, now, just in a bizarre way, I suppose, in a sense that it might be one of the very few benefits of COVID, at least gives people, if they've got a jukebox at home, at least something to do, listen to some uh, music on the jukebox. That's correct. And over the COVID period, I've, my phone never stops day and night. Mm. Let's just go back a bit in, well, right back until, uh, and you're in your mid-60s now, but uh, going back to when you were five, I believe uh, you didn't have an auspicious start to your career. Tell us what happened. Well, I started when I was five and my job was to bring in the toolbox from the car. That was the start. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then my dad would teach me some of the simple repairs and I, I really loved it. I was actually quite passionate about it. And um, it, it just went from there. And uh, my reward, my payment was a hamburger with a lot and a can of Coke in those days. Sounds good to me. But didn't you have a, a bit of a nasty accident? You injured your leg? 
Oh, yes, that was when I was bringing stuff from the car. I slashed my leg when I was about five. And, um, yeah, so we've had a lot of funny incidents over the years. Tell us a story of the Victorian governor's daughter who was having a party, and that, that really sparked some sort of activity in your industry. It did. Um, the, the then governor was Sir Rowan Delacombe, and his daughter wanted to have a jukebox for her party. No one had ever heard of it or done it before. So <clears throat> we hired one out, and we didn't know what to charge them, and so my dad came up with an idea of one week's wages, which was $25 in 1966. And that started the party hire side of the business off. So how many jukeboxes at the height of their popularity would you have handled, would you have had out on hire? On permanent hire in hotels and all those sort of venues, probably about 1,485, I think it was, from Melbourne to Townsville. Right. Are there many other jukebox repairmen or repairwomen, for that matter, in Australia, or are you about the only one? There's probably myself and another fellow in Perth. There's a few pinball fellows, but they don't really specialise in it. But as far as I know, I'm the only one that repairs every single brand of jukebox. There must be quite a few as well, and they would have evolved over the years, of course. You mentioned the 78s, and uh, they uh, obviously were replaced by 45s. I mean, we, we, we look at the, the old TV series Happy Days, of course, and, and we see the the perfect example of a jukebox in that series with the 45 records spinning around. Yep, and that was a Seabird jukebox, and that was the world's first 45 RPM jukebox. That's interesting. Now, your career's taken you all over Australia and also to various other parts of the world. Tell us about that. Oh, dear me, I've been to all parts of the world. I've been to every manufacturing jukebox company in the world. Asia, Americas, Europe, all over the world with with jukeboxes. And over the years now, I've probably got friends. There's not one country I couldn't ring somebody today and say, G'day, how are you? I, I want you to help me with this or I want to buy a part or whatever it is. Mm. And that's quite valuable and rewarding. I imagine they're relatively complex machines. What is prone to go wrong with a jukebox that requires your professional services? Lack of use. Yeah? Yep. Um, People have them sitting around in garages and they don't play them often and the the greases and the oils in them turn into sort of like a treacle and then they eventually jam up or, or they just simply wear out. But when I say wear out, they're probably done, you know, over a million plays first. Amazing stuff. And uh, we're talking actually off air before about uh, how the decline of jukeboxes is directly related, I think very sadly, to poker machines. Well, that's when they started the demise in hotels. They were they used to be in ladies' lounges. We, we knew them as in the old days, or public bars perhaps, but they've all, poker machines have changed. Um, and And today, you've got to think kids listen to Spotify, they don't listen to jukeboxes. But one of the interesting things that I found that might be of interest to your listeners is that 
the 45 RPM jukebox had a um, 45s had a 45 year lifespan. I, my wife and I brought the first compact discs into Australia before anyone had ever heard of them mm. in 1984, and they basically had a probably an eight year time span. Mm. Um, and they started to get replaced with uh, video jukeboxes, and then it went to MP3 and digital, and and then today it's you know just sort of Spotify. Indeed it is. Now, as we mentioned, you're in your mid-60s. Uh, uh, any uh, idea when you might retire from the business? And do you <laughs> uh, uh, do you have a successor, as indeed your dad had? You? No, no successors. Um, <laughs> my kids have taken different career paths. I would love to give it away. At the, well, especially with COVID, it's been quite difficult and frustrating. Um, I keep saying I'll give it away, but I, to be honest, I don't think I ever will. I might slow down a bit, but I won't give it away. Well, we hope you keep repairing jukeboxes for a long, long time. We've learned a lot <laughs> about those machines tonight. Peter, thank you for your time on Remember When Tonight. Thanks very much, Harvey. There's a song called Jukebox. I want to hear 